Welcome to the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast channel, the podcast where we talk about all the latest and greatest ongoing manga releases. My name is Bruce. I am the owner and producer of the White Gray Black YouTube channel. With me again this week is Gautam. Hello, hello. Who assigned? Gautam, yep. I am on the board of directors. Of I was about to say he assigned himself WGP. CEO in our <laughs> in our fun little opening, which you will have missed, but we won't rehash it. Um, please keep in mind for all major discussions, we will be talking spoilers for this week. This means up to chapter 10 of both Telework, Yotobanashi, and Kindergarten Wars, and chapter 107 for Fryrin. Now that we're through that, again, for the second time, unfortunately, thanks OBS, um, sales stuff, which we were talking about, luckily we didn't get too far into the podcast, those mistakes. We were yeah, talking right. about Chainsaw Man, Blue Lock, and Slam Dunk leading the past at least six weeks, I want to say. One of those three has been in the top spot, and... One of the other two has been in the second or third, so pretty consistent for the past six or eight weeks. Yeah, and you know, uh, I, I I mentioned uh, before we got cut a little bit uh, that I'm not sure if this is like a new slam dunk or if it's a re-release. I think it's a re-release. Like, yeah, I think this is a re-release. I, I could look it up real quick. I'm fairly sure that they released some kind of new volume and also announced a movie coming this summer is what I want to say. Oh, I'd have to, okay. have to go check it out. But yeah, everything else pretty consistent. It's kind of the fall, the the 2022 and fall heavy hitters still up there. Jujutsu Kaisen, Spy Family, One Piece as always is just in there. Uh, Ruroni Kenshin is there. My Hero, bleh. Tokyo Revengers coming in, still probably writing the, its last volume. Uh, it's probably the second week of the final volume release for Tokyo Revengers, maybe third week. Um Natsume Yujincho is the only kind of new thing up there. That's, what is that called in English? Natsume's Book of Friends, I think? I have no earthly idea. Uh, I think that's what it's called. I've watched the anime I, I, a little bit, so. I, I actually, like, completely tuned out for a second there because I was so distracted that Kenshin in that little pic has black hair. Does what? he not normally have black hair? No, he, he has red hair in, like, everything. Oh, really? Maybe that's a that different character. Oh, it is yeah. a ho- I mean, he's in Hokkaido. Hokkaido oh, that's, that's true. It's a sequel thing, right? So maybe I, it's don't, I have no idea. I have not consumed Roni Kenshin. Uh, the I, author, I am surprised, didn't get his stuff axed. I yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't happened. this the author that was not that was? They found a bunch of child pornography. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I know you were dodging saying it, but we talked about it too much. So yeah, he had a yeah. yeah he was he was a gross weirdo, man. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if this is one of those things where they take the title and have somebody new write it, but the original author's name is still on it or something. I don't. I maybe. Yeah, let's look into that and see what the story of that is. Because yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at it. I haven't watched it. So, but yeah, that's yeah, sales stuff. Uh, here's more specific for the past week: Chainsaw Man new volume. Uh. Yeah, new volume Chainsaw Man hitting almost 300,000 copies in a single week is pretty crazy. And then in second place, less than 100,000. So, yeah, Chainsaw Man's a powerhouse in Shonen and, now. God, it's it's so deserved. Uh, we say this every single time, uh, but we love Chainsaw Man in this family, so... Yeah, it's great. Yeah, everything else, Jujutsu Kaisen, Dan to Dan... Um, Two, the two at the bottom here in ninth and tenth are actually kind of interesting to see these break the top ten. Uh, Witch Watch and the Elusive Samurai, which are two new-ish. Um, yeah, they're only what I would say two years old now. 
was Witch Watch, yeah, I think, yeah. started 2021. I think Elusive Samurai also. They're both on Volume 9, so I'd assume that they're both published around the same time. But these are both uh, weekly Shonen Jump shonens. Uh, action yeah. shonens, comedy. Witch Watch is more of comfy comedy, but interesting. I don't know if this is just a slow week, but I mean, 35K for five days on sale for That's awesome. WSJ properties is pretty good, yeah. is uncancelable. Also, for, for comedies, it's like, it's kind of cool to see Witch Watch, which, like, you see Spyx family up there, sure, but, like, Witch Watch is pure comedy 100% of the time, pretty yeah. much. Uh, so it's it's nice to see it selling well. Yeah, I read a little bit of Witch Watch. It's super interesting and comfy. I It'll probably be my, like, oh, I don't want to work my brain and read anything, and I'll throw it up there. I would say even more to note as an interesting comparison here is Witch Watch and the Elusive Samurai. Samurai um, volume 9s, both of those published about two years in the main weekly Shonen Jump magazine, right? So these are published alongside My Hero and Jujutsu Kaisen and One Piece, right? They're in the same magazine in One Piece. Dan to Dan is published only in Jump Plus, and that basically sold the same as both of those combined, right? About a thousand less. Uh so Jump Plus is um, I is not a lesser version of, of Shueisha Properties, in my opinion. I think we saw oh, that with Spy Family earlier in the year and Dan to Dan now, for sure. Yeah, those are two huge hitters. And I, I, Dan to Dan is, like, arguably one of the best manga running at the moment. Like I would, uh, so. I would definitely put it in my top five currently running things, just because it's... It's just one of those things that I look forward to reading every single week, and I'm always excited to read it. There's never like, oh, what happened last week? It's like, no, it's like, I know what happened. It's, yeah, it just has such good momentum, and it's a great read, and it doesn't have an anime, and I, yeah, yeah, which they, is, I bet they're, I bet they're waiting for a good studio to, to have an open. They announced it, but I don't remember if they gave us a studio. Yeah, my guess is they wait until maybe MAPPA finishes Chainsaw Man in this, either in 2023 or early 2024, and then maybe the next thing they give him is Dan to Dan. But Dan to Dan um, would definitely also be good to give to somebody like Bones or Madhouse, but I think... Give it to Bones, yeah, that sounds Yeah, awesome. I think Bones is going to end up... I'm going to huff the copium, but I think Bones is going to end up doing One Punch Man Season 3, hopefully. So... Did they... Didn't they say that was Map already? No, they have announced season three. They have not. They announced it like five months ago in like September or August or something. And they did not say what studio, who's doing it. We have heard it, no it, it, other it's news. Mappa. We, we, we've heard. Uh, we did? It, oh, okay. Yeah, we did indeed. It is MAPPA, uh, the only anime studio that exists, apparently. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, I, yeah. Uh, they I, do I'm, decent... I'm, talking, I'm talking shit. They, they, they just have so many things going at the same time. It's, just it's yeah, it's weird because, like, they used to be kind of a special studio. I don't know if you watched one of their first things they ever made was, oh, what was it called? Uh, Shingeki no Bahama? Oh, did they do that? Yeah. That's one of MAPPA's first things they made. I don't think it was the very first. I want to say they did one or two other things. But when you watch that, that was, like, Really cool, so kind of hyper-realistic. Like, I remember episode one of that anime had, like, the horse running over the the roofs, like, action scene. That's, like, I think the cold open of that series. And it was so good. And that series was so good. And now they're just kind of, like, they do shonen, right? They Now, and they did a good job with Chainsaw Man from what I've seen. They do a good job with Jujutsu Kaisen from what I've seen. Uh, I do... They do JJK? They did, yeah, they did JJK. They do Chainsaw like Man. That. 
Um, I, I didn't know they did Jujic. Yeah, uh, Jujic Kaisen put them, I would say, more on the map than than anything. But uh, yeah, Vinland Saga season two, they're doing. They they took Attack on Titan two or three years ago. Uh, God of High School maybe was another one that kind of put them in the forefront. They did Zombieland uh, Saga. So even Zombieland I mean, Saga, yeah, that was the yeah, first both... thing by them I watched. I, well, aside from Shingeki no Bahamut. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Shingeki no Bahamut, um, the main character is just Jack Sparrow, and it's awesome. Yeah. Not literally. Uh, they also but, did like, okay. Yeah. The they also did Terror and Residence, which was a which was a good show with one really bad character, and people kind of panned it for that. That was the I, like I, I high it. school kids are terrorists thing. It's really yeah. good. You probably saw the scene. Them. You probably saw the scene where the guy and the girl are on the motorcycle. It's got like a really cool song in the background, but that was. I was gonna say I saw no scenes from that, but I actually did see that. Scene. I everybody saw that. That was like everywhere for a couple of weeks when it came out because it's like a gorgeous scene. Um, the very first thing they did actually is one of my very favorite anime of all time, which is Kids on the Slope or uh, what is this? Uh, Sakimichi no Apollyon. That oh, is. Yeah. I think I've told you to watch that, but that is like definitely probably in my top 10 anime of all time maybe top five it's very very good um surprised that that's them because it's very different from what they do now or what they've done since you know 20 2015 or so but yeah map is interesting studio so yeah i guess i guess they changed it up a bit ever since they acquired like so much madhouse stuff you know yeah, I think they just kind of grew in the past five or six years. They just became a big studio, and you want kind of a big studio doing big action stuff, you know, cranking out as much stuff as you can. So they're like one of the he- they're one of the heavy heaters from about three or four years ago. They're up. I mean, their their bones, their madhouse, their trigger, their that size are bigger now. But I think the the major point is, uh, yuck, anime. Am I right, Bruce? <laughs> anime sucks. Read a book. Talk about mangoes again. Yeah. Um, so next little news thing I have here. There's an AI art-generated manga that's going to be published by the magazine Shinchosha. It is called Cyberpunk Momotaro by Rootport. I'm going to assume that that is the name of like a Twitter user or something. Um, that's, that's the AI. Yeah. This is, this is interesting. I don't, I'm not going to get too deep into the discussion of AI-generated art because that can and maybe should occupy an entire episode although it, the angle of it from the manga side is not super it isn't super prevalent it isn't present in manga very much this is maybe the first time i've heard about it um there is something i found because i said huh shinchosha i have not heard of this and so i googled it and at the very last sentence let me just read this to you tell me this with the, if this lines up with something you would think of a magazine publishing ai generated art it says, in 2016, after an editorial change, the monthly magazine Shinsho 45 increased its publication of polemical articles from authors who usually wrote for publications offering a alt-right wing perspective. In 2018, they stopped publication from that user, um, and the president uh, particularly criticized a series of essays in the October 2018 issue that defended Sugita's article, calling the series expressions full of prejudice that lacked appropriate recognition and deviated from the common sense. So this sounds like they had a stint as sort of a right-wing magazine. From what I understand, they are mostly a book publisher. Um, I did not find very much manga published by Shinshosha. So, yes, so interesting. So you're, you're, you're telling me, like, the Proud Boys started up their own magazine with a robot and... Well, they're, this they're is an old. Them. So this is an old magazine that started in like 
1897 or something. What it sounds like is it had a leader in around 20, what was it, 2016, who was very right-wing. Uh, and then in 2018, I think they got a new, a new leader or a new somebody that kind of criticized and pulled back from that. My guess is there's still a little bit of that right-wing crowd sticking around because... In 2018, they called LGBT couples unproductive. Yes. What? <laughs> and okay, then shortly yeah, after that, that they criticized ago. those essays. Yes. Wild. Okay. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is if you don't want the full story, uh, an AI-generated manga being published by essentially Fox News book publisher from Japan. So that's not actually true. I think that they're pulling back a little bit from that. And again, I don't know the full story or enough about Shinshosha to to talk about that. But it does run, it does run consistent in my mind at least that an AI manga would be published by a magazine that would be traditionally right leaning. I don't think any other artistic outlets would want to take this kind of risk. I think that if if WSJ did this or someone who is bigger you know, in the art manga industry, I think the, I mean, the wolves would come for them and they would not, uh, they would not hear the end of it for a while. So I, I was thinking they, they, they couldn't find any good artists to work for them because they're bigoted uh, and they quite like, okay, let's use this robot. It's cheap. Yeah. And I don't know the history of the, the author here. I know that I, I'm reading and it, it was published on Twitter first. So yeah, I, I wonder if, do you think that AI art will, because it's infiltrated a lot of things adjacent to manga art, right? A lot of these uh, for hire artists that are out there uh, that do sort of anime style stuff. Um, I forgot it's to put complicated. My... I, yeah. I, I, see, the thing is, I, I, I don't really have a firm opinion on this one because I think it could be used as a tool to assist people pretty well. Yeah. It's efficient. It's useful. But uh, art's also like an expression of humanity itself. So I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same mind because in, in a way, every artistic tool that has ever been created has made the process easier and simpler. Um, if you think about, you know, 100 years ago, you would have to own 20 different brushes and then, you know, 20 different brushes and a physical medium and create your own paints, maybe, and stuff like that. You know, then paint, you know, paint comes out and painting applications come out and you can create your own brushes. So now brushes making is easier. And I'm sure that there was probably some pushback against those from physical artists. But, you know, most people would not call art created in Photoshop not real art, right? I have, I have not heard that argument made versus, true, you know, but a true I, I oil think there is a There's line a though between the, the AI doing all the work, right? Just making the thing itself. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 dicey. I I have no idea. I'll, I'll let. But if you're <laughs> our artists argue it out on Twitter. And yeah, I'll... yeah. One last thing. Yeah. I guess you would think if you're a if you're a brush maker and all of a sudden Photoshop people can just make their own brushes, your job would feel threatened. And I understand the pushback there. So this is a similar thing where it's like, people. I see the artists saying. Well, people may not need us if this tool is, you know, completing every step along the way. I will say that I don't think AI art is good enough to do that yet. I don't think it's good enough to completely cut out the artist. I think mm -hmm. I think it can get you a lot of the way there. And then, especially if you're doing commissioned art or something like that, um, you know, if the author says, draw me a duck on a bridge, and you give them a duck on a bridge, and they go, oh, can you move the duck to the left 50, you know, 50 feet, you know, 50 inches, whatever, 
the author says, no, I can't. <laughs> you can't do that. You have to reprogram the AI art. It's going to give you a different picture. Um, they can't just change things. If the bridge is made of stone, you go, oh, can you make the bridge made of wood? You can say, well, yes, I can. But the picture is going to look completely different as I generate a new piece of AI art. So I don't think that AI art is quite... At it's least not there for yet, but it's yeah. close, right? Like well, it's, and at it's... least at least for the people who are worried about it, quote unquote, taking their jobs or taking work away from them, um, I don't. I don't think it's quite there. I, I think it is close that these people are right to feel threatened. Um, yeah, probably something yeah. we need laws around. But yeah, let's. We won't. We won't spend too long on that. Like I said, that's another whole episode we could talk about that. Um, it- this is actually just a discussion about AI replacing people and like a global standard income. But yeah, let's, let's talk about manga. Yeah, fuck anime and fuck AI. I'm here for the manga of it all. Yeah. So uh, Hikaru ga Shindanatsu, which is the summer that Hikaru died. I told you about this one. Did you read it? I oh think shit! It no, no. I, I you're I gonna like it when you do because yeah. yeah, it's very cool. Um, chapter one is basically a kid's childhood friend dies in the mountains, comes back, and is possessed by something. Um. That's all like chapter one reveal. So everything after that is the interesting stuff they go through. Um, but that is getting an English publication for July this year. So only about a year after the original publication, maybe even a little <laughs> more. Uh, good. You're slowly closing the gap between uh, real publication and a, a simulpub. Yeah. A simulpub English volume, which we will get someday, maybe. Um Speaking of Simulpub things, uh, Kodansha pauses is going to pause their Simulpub service. Um, this has lots of series on it, including things like Eden Zero, Two Year Eternity, uh, Space Brothers, and lots more stuff. Um, hmm. They are pausing all of those simultaneous publications. Uh, most people feel, I think, that have read their original announcement feel like they are probably going to follow this up with some kind of digital manga service, an online reader, uh, in the same way that Jump Plus and some of these others have. So I don't think that this is a... I don't think this is a full... We're stopping simultaneous publications from, you know, across the across the waters. I think this is more of a... Uh, we're learning how to set up our own digital manga service, so... Good. We're going yeah, to see more of these. We're going to see the Netflix effect happen. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Uh, it, it, it's either that or they're selling their licenses to places like Crunchyroll, like whatever, you know? Yeah, uh, they but could. I, I, I think it's, you're right that it's the former rather than the latter. Yeah, Kodansha's too big. Kodansha's the second or third, maybe biggest, maybe fourth. They're definitely top five uh, manga publisher. So I, I don't feel like they would be so small that they would need to do that, but... I don't know how I don't know how much money these people make. I assume it's a lot, but maybe it's not. Um hopefully it is not as bad as was it the Square Enix digital manga service? Did you see the um oh gosh, what series was it? The Sono Biskdal digital publication in the West, the censoring on it? Did you see that? That was a no, couple months I didn't. ago. Okay. I mean, it was like black squares over bikinis, like every bikini scene you did not show. I mean, this I mean, Sona Biskdal is not like an incredibly lewd manga. Uh, it has cosplays that are sometimes a little risqué, but not I would say not anything super sexually suggestive. Um and the on this digital manga service, the censorship was insane. People complained about it, and I think they pulled back from it. But yeah, hopefully we do not get another thing like that. Uh, that's actually what happened to Naruto when it first uh, released in the U.S. <laughs> really? They, 
Yeah, they censored uh, a lot of, like, the first, like, all the blood out. They, like, covered everything up on everyone. Four uh, Kids, One Piece, all over again. Luckily, it was not nearly as bad as One Piece, where they replaced guns with the rubber mallets. No joke. <laughs> and cigarettes with, I'm licking a lollipop very fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. They rewrote dialogue to talk about the lollipops that Sanji has Sanji seems to love yep. instead of the cigarettes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, uh, very last news thing, which will tie into what we'll talk about later, but uh, Fryrin Beyond Journey's End, also known as Fryrin at the Funeral, which is a better title in my opinion, is going on hiatus for an undisclosed amount of time. Uh, most theories here are that they are probably taking a break before starting a new big arc and also assisting with the anime, which I think is scheduled to come out this year. I don't know if we have the exact date. My guess is that's probably um, spring or summer, so probably either in April or July we'll see that. So, Yeah, and I'm totally fine with it. I, I feel like Freyren is one of those pieces of work that is kind of masterful almost every chapter, and... Yeah. um. It's also one of those things where I, I don't feel the need to have a chapter every week. I feel like it, it it's feels, episodic nature means if, I can read it. Yeah. It feels more appropriate for how kind of slow-paced and about about Fryrin kind of slowing down and enjoying her human compatriots. It feels kind of appropriate that it will take a break, that it goes slowly. Um, yeah, it's also one of those things that kind of like... Uh, I'd compare it kind of to like Kaguya or Oshinoko, although those Oshinoko is a little bit different, kind of survives and entirely on its writing. Like the best part of it is the writing. So the art is fine and all the other things are good, but it's just written so well. And the characters are also great and stuff that that's, yeah, it's Absolutely. just very good. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for the news. So let's get into talking about some weekly manga stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll start her up. Um, yeah, let's do it. So you're talking about telework. Telework Yotabanashi. This is by uh, Yamada Kintetsu of Sweat and Soap fame. And I think we briefly discussed Sweat and Soap before. Uh, I I like it a lot. Um, and I don't know how much of it you have read. But... I read 30 or 40 chapters. And I think we talked about this last time, but the... Uh, the male lead's physical dependence on smelling the female lead drove me absolutely wild. I, it's very rare that like a single issue makes me drop something, but I could not re it was so if you had reversed the roles there and there was not even reversed the roles. If you had changed, changed it from smelling her soap body smells to something else i it read very creepy to me after a while i i liked everything else about it i just couldn't get over the fact that it was like this dude literally cannot function in life without smelling his girlfriend and it's this like very weird physical dependency thing that like i, I don't know yeah i, 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 I couldn't I, get I past it, it but i i didn't i didn't mind the fetishist fetishism or what, yeah. whatever it was uh i i think the weakest i thought the whole story was pretty damn good. Uh, I think people it, rave it, about it. I might go back and finish it someday. It so. wrote adult relationships well. I do think its weakest aspect is its uh, creepy ass beginning. Yeah. Where the first is, chapter or two are rough. It's like it felt borderline sexual assaulty in yeah. at parts, and know? that's kind of um, why I dropped it. Is to me, it never truly broke out of that. Again, you you use the right words there. That kind of fetishistic 
I have to, the I as a dude have to participate in my fetish before I can do anything else in my day. I have to smell my girlfriend. I don't know. It just reads very that, weird that, to that me. Was, like, I, I feel yeah. like that's all like horny anime stuff that like I see it enough that it didn't bother me. What did bother me because later on, like they both consent to their, their, yeah, I mean, they're dating after pretty stuff, soon. Right. Yeah. 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 But there was like a gray area in consent. Um, at the in the first few chapters that didn't feel okay in my yeah. eyes yeah uh anyway sorry Anyways, that's the opposite. Telework telework is it, better. it is good it, it is it is good telework has a way stronger start um and uh i i think uh it it developed really fast like the the main couple of the series uh like kissed in the last chapters that blew up uh but i think what's impressive about it is like how adult it all feels um yes and also what a what a fucking chad the female yeah. the main character is uh it, it's like often in a lot of manga right you you the, like authors play footsies and it's not just manga this like will they won't they stuff that goes on and off but it's clear in this manga that uh, the the female lead knows exactly how the male ma- main character feels about her, right? Like, and yes, she's she, more she's, emotionally in tune than the male is for sure. Yeah, so I I think that puts a lot of this in perspective that uh, that they, they are she's obviously been flirting the whole time, and yeah, I think that's uh, it's just well written. It's just well written. That's all I can say about it. Uh, it's a it's a good romance, and it feels like an adult romance and there's it cuts out a lot of the bullshit and a lot of the fat that yeah. you see in other romances yeah. and it feels as a adult person who's had relationships across you know juvenile years you know college and as as an adult it feels much more real than most other adult relationships i'm thinking of you know like like wotakoi is one that people um quote is like oh this is a great adult relationship thing but like the way they start dating is they're like haha what if we dated each other lol and they just do in chapter one and it's like well like relationships don't really start like that sorry anime and manga that's not really how it happens it happens like this right these people like live next to each other they see each other occasionally they start talking they visit each other they trade you know uh he trades her manga i think in the last couple chapters and then now she's giving him picture books of of angkor wat and stuff like that so it's like that's much more realistic it's like you're in a similar physical space of some kind you see each other daily or semi-daily similar interests you know reasons to see you talk to each other it also feels very much like yes this is how most adult relationships actually start right yeah uh it it feels natural and i think that's hard to say about like 99 percent of romance manga that i've read you know like yeah it none of it feels tropish or like it's leading towards like drama. I like, I, I don't know how to say, it, you know, it's like, it doesn't fall into pitfalls that a lot of romance manga that uh, try to continuously write into their stories. You I know? mean, there's, I mean, part of it is that there are literally only two characters in this series right now. It is only the two romantic leads. So there is no, I mean, even in Sweat and Soap, right, there were, like, other... There was, like, a, a guy friend and a female friend, and there was all of the work culture around them. This is, like, two people at home in their apartments that are next to each other, and that's it. 
I, I like this because I'm a, I mean, I in generally like minimalist design tendencies. I think if there's fluff or fat, you cut it out every time and I'll enjoy it more. And this is like super streamlined, straight to the point, two person romance. There's nothing else going on. And I like you know, that. That's a good point. And uh, that's kind of how I feel about the supermarket one. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's also pretty like. Very streamlined. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Streamlined in that they're just. Two those two characters most of the time, you know. Yeah, and yeah, so I mean, yeah, supermarket's a good comparison here. I think they're both very similar. The supermarket one even started with only two characters, kind of three, because the the male lead thinks that the the girl behind the counter and that he smokes with are different people. So there's kind of three characters for a bit, um, but even that eventually has expanded. There's two coworkers that the girl works with. I think we've seen the, the guy worker's boss a couple times. There's like other little characters, but um, I would guess that this expands eventually. Maybe in the next 10 or 20 chapters, we'll get a couple more characters of some kind. Yeah, I, I, it definitely will. But like, uh, yeah, it, it all in all, strong start. Strong it's good. Start. I like it a lot. I, like, I think it's way better than Sweat and Soap. So, um, yeah. And, and Sweat and Soap is already a very popular series. So I'm guessing that this one's going to do gonna do numbers yeah i I bet i bet man cool uh what's yours so i think we should talk about kindergarten wars which i think we talked about a couple of weeks ago but uh we finished the first complete arc and started on a goofy little interlude i just wanted to kind of cover the whole first kind of large large quote-unquote arc that they did which was only maybe four chapters um i again i like this series a lot this is I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it's the perfect balance of comedy and a kind of hyper-violent seriousness where everyone's lives are in danger and bullets actually matter and count. I I don't know. It's, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. It's most probably like something like One Punch Man, where it is the sort of action is played for a gag at how strong people are or the action is played for a gag or for like an emotional beat. And then everything else is just goofy and the characters are all fun. Um, yeah. And they introduced this, the new, the uh, school nurse, I guess, whose name is Gordon Z sky. And he looks okay. like, I'm trying to think of who he looks like. Uh, he, remi- he, he's uh, the husband from, Full Metal Alchemist, their teacher's husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sensei's husband. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but yeah, he's very much this like big, big mustache guy, thin little uh, sunglasses. He has like a throwing axe is his thing. Um, It's just a fun series where everyone kind of has, uh, has their own like hyper competencies. One of the things that's fun to read about characters and the reason why I compared it to One Punch Man is that readers like when characters have one thing they're really good at and then maybe they're bad at other stuff. Uh, and so like the, the female lead here is like the best assassin in the world, right? Like the best murderer in the world maybe. Um, but she's like an idiot when she's trying to find love, but she really wants to find love. So that's kind of where her tension is. Um, and stuff like that. And then this is this, this, the new character, Gordon Z sky, the, the school nurse is like, Clearly, he's like an amazing nurse, but then he's oh, he's violent. He will not let you get away. He will let you, he will have to heal you. He will force himself to heal you if you're there for him. Um, 
Yeah, very, very goofy, goofy characters type, type stuff. She had, uh, like, in, like, a previous chapter, I think the chapter right before this, she had, like, a little, like, dark little flashback thing, uh, Risa, the assassin, um, where, like, she she's, like, it shows that everyone kind of leaves her life, and she's wondering why everyone, like, goes away. So I think uh, it, this goofy gag manga is setting it up to where she just lacks any sort of friends or companionship altogether, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That's cool. I like that. And I think I think you hit on a... I think you hit on exactly the good point of why I think this is a good manga so far, is that it isn't just... It's a gag manga that isn't just gags, right? It has a solid foundation built on characters and real, you know, quote unquote, real drama with trying to find love. And like you were saying, people going out of her life and the the baseball bat bomb girl, she has this family drama that's like real and serious. Um, and even if there's gags around it, there's kind of a through line that's still kind of a serious, a serious is maybe not the right word, but. Uh, Maybe I, I know what I you're know. saying, right? Like, right. because it's like it's like ninety percent goofs, but that uh, or ninety five percent goofs, honestly. But like the five percent where it goes serious, it doesn't feel like it's out of place, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I think that, to... and I think that every comedy or gag story, even not even necessarily manga, kind of needs this, right? I mean, if you think about all the best, like, what are some of the best rom com like movies you've ever seen? Like, I'm thinking of. Like Fifty First a, Dates, I think is a pretty good one, but th- that has like a really legally blonde, legally blonde. Like all of these have like a good, solid kind of base foundation of drama that they build the comedy upon, and I think that's what's going on here. Same thing I would say with Tomochan, just because I just kind of finished that a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomochan, even though it is like four four panel gags for almost every single chapter, it still kind of has this base of character drama. That everything is built upon, and because that character drama is not a gag, because that is taken seriously, the gags built around it, it just makes the whole, it makes everything better because it is treating the sort of serious character drama with respect, and then the gags can be gags. And I think it's the same thing here, right? I think it's treating the, I think that Kindergarten Wars treats the, the character drama it introduces with respect, even if it is funny or ends in a gag or has a you know some kind of reversal at the end. Um, it just is, it's just, which is just good writing in my opinion, right? I think having that solid core of emotional drama and yeah, Mob Psycho, right? Mob Psycho is kind of a gag s- series, maybe more shonen, I, but it's pretty goofy. It also has this kind of sort of character-driven emotional core that is taken seriously the whole time. So. I cried when Mob and Reagan made up. That was so touching. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, and there's a reason why Gintama takes like five of the top 10 spots in my anime list. It does the yeah. same thing. I, it, I That yeah. encourages me to read Gintama because I've always looked at it and gone like, man, it's like a thousand chapters of goofs. I don't know. But if it has this kind of this kind of uh, serious story emotional core, then phenomenal. I'm sold. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'll it's, have to add that mo- to my. It's a lot of a lot of goofs, but uh, they're all incredibly funny. And yeah. When it does uh, its serious arcs, when it, it has goofs during those two, but the emotional beats land so well. That author knows what, what he's doing, man. Yeah, I need to check it out. All the all the goof clips I've seen, like, what is it, the nine-minute dog story? <laughs> God, so That's good. One. Yeah, it's a good one. But yeah, and then they introduce at the very end another um, potential... This is a teacher, I believe. This is a potential romance for the main character. I don't think this will be romance for the main character, but it'll be a fun chapter or two, I'm sure. Or maybe another 
emotional story thing to build off of. I like that the author already like first first page, first panel of this character, you can already tell he's a freaking weirdo, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, with his little shoujo romance novel that he's halfway through. <laughs> yeah, he's just like holding a shoujo romance novel and then a revolver in the other hand, and he's got a... It's... Uh, character. Just one other thing. Character design in this series is also really good. Like, this guy is just a normal, like, blonde-haired dude, but he has this cool mouth scar and this kind of... The kind of dead-eye stare that I look... I mean, I love the, the design of the new... Of the nurse guy, I think the design of the three, uh, I think the design of the three sort of main characters so far are good, simple but sort of easily identifiable. Um, I think our th- are the main, the three main here are going to be the most normal looking people, and everybody else is going to kind of get wilder and wilder. I think we've seen, yeah. So, but yeah, just a really solid series. So, uh, I agree. I- I'm glad you're liking it. Um, when I brought it up, I think it was like a, a month ago or something. We were on like chapter three. Uh, I thought it was just really fun, and it was really just funny. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect it to have legs, but it does. So, hey, you know what? Win win. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, anything else on Kindergarten Wars? Uh, no, not really. Cool. Let's talk about the big, the big Fryerin. All what right. What a cool, let's do it. what a cool chapter to sort of end. I'm gonna. I saw some people talking about this. I, this is honestly kind of like the end of season one of Fryerin, maybe. Um, it did have that feeling, didn't it? Like a season finale, and you're it, setting it up. It very much felt like that. a lost season finale. If we're if we're comparing it to something, yeah. What a uh, beautiful panel, by the way. Holy it's so shit! Good. And converting to to color in the again, I'm a big proponent of digital manga publishing. This is something you can't do in the magazine, or is it more difficult, more expensive to do in the magazine? Is you can't just say, "Hey, I would like to shift. Yeah, you know, I'd like the last four pages of my manga to be in color." And yeah, it, and I, this is so well colored too. Like, look at her yes. eyes. Yeah, the artist. Let me I forget who the artist for uh... prayer at the funeral. Uh, uh, yeah. Isn't it a duo? It is a duo. Yeah, it's it's a writing duo and an artist. I just can't remember the artist's name. Um, oh, did I write it down? Oh, there are three people working on this thing? I think just two. Two. Oh, okay. Um, a writer and an artist or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so Yamada Kanahito is written by uh, Tsukasa Abe. That's the name of the artist, yeah. Tsukasa Abe. Um, so, yeah, and they do all the coloring. And, yeah, as much as we've kind of talked a little bit about, I don't want to say ragging on them, but the their art is not, it's it's not really the reason why I read Fryerin, right? It's very good. Um, the action paneling is not great, but that's, I mean, every, all the other art generally is good. Character art's great. Um, the, I think the coloring in Fryrin is awesome. Have you seen like the volume covers that are all in color? They all look really, really good. Um, uh, I've only seen the first chapters, first few pages and last few pages in color. Um, I haven't seen any of the volume Yeah, let me see if I can actually. find a picture that has multiple ones or, uh. This is like literally wallpaper levels of gorgeous. I, yeah. I, I adore that. I mean, like this is volume one. I mean, I think all the colorings on the covers are like very, very good and very cool. I, I um, like how the I I I get a, a good kick out of how the dwarf guy looks because his his yeah. art style is just like so different. <laughs> he looks like a he looks like a a dungeon meshy character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thrown in Bryron. Yeah, but I mean, just like the colors to me are like always awesome. Like, look how cool the greens in the summer kind of look on this one. Uh, if you yeah, if you see it, it on the. On it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's very so, so what, what did you think of the chapter itself? 
the chapter itself was a good I mean, it was a good chapter. It was obviously sort of a, a lot of setup and then kind of a final uh, twist reveal at the end with showing, with teleporting Fryer into the past. Although it is not fully right. clear what happened there. Oh, um, and can you give like a quick recap of the chapter? Yes. So they arrive at some northern town, Fryer and Fern, and the dude whose name I forget. Um, Stark. Stark, yeah. Uh, and essentially they say oh you know the immigration is backed up which is a weirdly modern take but i suppose it also probably has happened for for thousands of years um immigration is backed up it's going to take what did they say like three or six weeks for you to get in and so yeah and so fryron says hey there's this magical uh obelisk in the that's pretty close in the forest here let's go look at it you know i looked at it when i was on the journey with the hero um and on the way there she describes it as she said that it was undecipherable the last time they were there. And she says that it has a magic which will make you foggy or make you forget things. Um, and that she wants to go and try and see, you know, they've only got a week or two to try to decipher it. I think last time they were there for, what did she say? A month or something? Uh, she, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, she said that she was there at the Heroes Party for a time. And the Stark and Fern are both like, we're not staying here for for uh, three years like we have in the past. Like we're not. We need to go. You know, we're we're gonna keep moving. Um, but essentially, yeah. they get to this magical obelisk, this little, uh, yeah, obelisk totem thing. It's broken. Fryron says, "Oh, there's still magic in it. Let me check it out." She goes to check it out, and then while she's checking it out, the this is where the manga switches to color. And then she is, the obelisk kind of reconstructs itself because it was broken. Um, And as it is reconstructed, she is teleported, what, 53 years past or like 80 years past or something? Um, Yeah. It would be like 80 years, I think, because it said 53 years before the heroes passing at the very end of the chapter. And the current chapter is 31 or 32 years after the hero's passing. So, oh, yeah. So, like 80, so like 50, 80 some 50, odd 50. years. Yeah, 80 some so, odd years in the past. 86, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're right. She's teleported uh, back with the hero's journey and the whole like, and she's there and this is this is the, the color double panel spread you see here if you're watching the video on the screen is uh, Fryrin with the original hero's uh, team, hero's journey group. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is like, I think I talked to you very briefly about this, but this is like something I would expect at the end of the series. Maybe not in the middle, so I don't know. I mean, maybe Fryron is going to end soon. I mean, it's at 107, a lot of good manga and, you know, 100 to 200 chapters. So, we could this could be the end game. You never know. The priest guy's coming back, dude. Uh I I I don't see it ending till he comes back. Yeah, this doesn't feel like the end to me. This feels just this is just something that in my mind when I had said, "Okay, how do I feel that Fryron is setting up its sort of major story plot theme character arc? I always felt like it was very much about Fryron spent, you know, 30 or 50 years with the hero's party and she never told the hero Himmel, she never told him how she felt, like that she was in love with him. Um, and she like massively regrets that. And I've always felt like the whole story is that she's going to learn by the end of it to tell the people that she really loves how she feels 
and to value the short time that she has with them because she's, you know, essentially immortal as an elf. So I always felt that the end of the story or the end of the series is her, you know, telling Fern and Stark and everyone how much she loves them and how much she cares for them and how much she affected them, even though she seems emotionless. That to me seems like the end of, of Frywin's character arc. Um, 100%. And I, I could see... I could see potentially that happening in this, or I guess I can see her coming more to terms with the loss of Himmel and not telling him how she felt. Although there's maybe a little bit more going on there, but I'm not sure she understands her feelings fully yet. You know, like I I don't think she knows she's in love with him, but she, she I think she she does. And I think she regrets it. I think she doesn't want to admit to herself that she regrets not expressing herself as much. I think that's the big thing she has to overcome is more of the kind of communication angle, but right. And uh, here, here's my. I haven't read any theories in the in the thread. I I had to go to sleep. Uh, but uh, here is here's what I think. Right. I think the the little thing that transported her back in time. She mentioned that it had like memory racing or memory fogginess effects, yep. so she couldn't complete what it was. She couldn't analyze it fully. I I think it doesn't have any kind of memory effects and she just like you said uh replaced past Freyrin. um and well so past Freyrin doesn't recall any of this because she's not here it's right part of yeah when she was describing what was going on to fern and stark as they walked part of it was i remember that we were there for a month i don't remember anything that happened it has some kind of memory magic when we left is when i like came back into and you know knew what was going on so yeah and then when we see her transported back I think you're right. I'm going to add on to your theory. So I think what happens here is Fryron is transported back into, you know, takes the place of old Fryron's body, mind into mind, whatever you want to say. She's in the past for that sort of dead week, dead month where she doesn't remember it. I think what's going to happen here is that she's going to realize, hey, I have a chance to sort of tell the people that I loved that I spent time with, how I feel about them. And I think she's going to do that. And then I think she's going to say, okay, but I can't, they're either going to do, okay, I can't change the future. I'm going to make them forget. Or she's going to sort of do the, um, you know, you're already dead. This was for me. You know, I can't change the way that you felt when you died, but you know, this was cathartic essentially for, for Fryron to go and say all these things. And so she'll just do the, you know, I now understand I'll delete all your minds for the month or whatever that's my guess here's, here's my hot take I, I don't think they'll i don't think she'll delete any of their memories i think uh she'll be honest uh and they'll have spent a month with future fair and, and she'll probably say hey don't tell past me that this happened or something oh like maybe that. yeah, like, yeah. That, that's another good guess yeah i could see that happening and and they all just keep the secret uh because she asked them to uh i i i think also that since the end goal of this story is to go to visit Himmel in uh, the like land of death or what, whatever it is, uh, right, right. that she will catch up with her pals and it'll be fun and it'll be nice and it'll be sad. Uh, but she'll probably have like a, a thing where she's like, and I'll, I'll see you soon. soon. And I'll catch you yeah. up on the rest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I, I actually like that better. Now that yeah. you say that, I, I like, I like Fryrin just, telling them like hey i'm fryron from the future you don't remember me um and just you know, spending time or exp- telling them how she felt or something and then saying you can't tell current fryron that man that makes it sadder when you think about like 
him all like waiting for her and passing away and all the other guys uh Heiter, I think is the priest guy and I don't remember I guess the the dwarf guy's still alive so the other two are dead but that yeah I like yeah. that because that makes it even more melancholy and Fryerin is nothing if not melancholy and absolutely and you know I I think this is of course just a theory by both of us right but I yeah. I feel like it has we can understand the author's intent to a certain degree where I feel like we were probably going to be right, but we'll it's see. It's going to be one of, it's going to be something close to what we're both guessing, right? It's either going to be Himmel or uh, it's either going to be Fryerin has some kind of emotional connection and deletes their memories, or she has some kind of emotional connection and tells them not to tell past her. Um, and then she'll come back and then she'll have kind of another, you know, emotional realization of all the times after they traveled that, they knew, you know, whatever that she didn't know at the time. And yeah, it feels yeah, very, I, feels very appropriate for Fryer to kind of have that kind of melancholy, emotional satisfaction for a character while also withholding information and withholding the f kind of full resolution of everything. And if you recall the first chapter to give a little bit of credence to why we're even speculating about like speculating these two ideas is, uh, in the first chapter, which is a, a goddamn masterpiece. Um, yeah. it, it, side tangent: if you haven't read Freyron at the Funeral*, read just chapter one, and that's that's what you're in for. Yeah. Uh, but in the first chapter at Himmel's uh, funeral, uh, everyone like the outlookers, the onlookers, um, state that she's being cold, like she doesn't even give a shit, and she kind of breaks down and cries and say, says, why, sh like, why would I, right? I barely knew him because in her yeah. perspective, I, she only like knew him that. for 30 years or whatever, right? Or 50 years or something total. And she's like 2000 years old or something. So exactly. Yeah. And, but her, the, the thing that gives credence to this theory is that her other two pals knew she, she cared a lot, right? Yeah. They yeah. knew, they knew more than her that she cared a lot. And it like shushed the onlookers and said, Hey, come on, you, you guys don't get it. Right. Like you weren't there. Uh, so they clearly know that Farron cares deeply about them, even if she doesn't, right? So he, I, I think it's it might just be because they travel together for a long time and they can they know her as a person. They're emotionally more intelligent than her. But yeah. or it could be this, right? Where she tells them that she loves the shit out of them, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's to tie this back to, I think we had this conversation last week or two weeks ago, but like practicing we talked about like practicing consuming art and how the more manga you read the better you get at it the more anime you watch the sort of better you are consuming it in the same way if you think about the fryerin being 2000 years old um she doesn't have the practice of being attached to people because in her mind they all come in and leave so quickly even if it's 30 or 100 years uh, that's such a small part of her life that she doesn't really practice getting attached to people so um her kind of time with the hero's party is kind of like her uh her first foray into into feelings you know, the what's a good you know what's a good person to get feelings for if i haven't had feelings before posted by fryron on reddit or manga or something but it, it, yeah it, it's it's kind of like imagine i go to a birthday party and i meet a new person and i and we get along really well and it was a lot of fun. And then I never see them again uh, for like a while. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I only met them for one day, but to them, if like, if they started calling me their best friend, I would be absolutely confused. Right. 
Yeah. Be like, I just, I met that guy for one day. Yeah. Well, uh, and we've, and this idea has kind of been explored. I'm trying to think of something that's done it. I, I want to say it's been explored in something where there's like either cloning or AI creation, right? Like you create a robot and you know, that robot meets someone. If that robot's been alive for three days and they spend three hours with you, you've been a part of that rope, like 10% of that robot's life or something. Right. And that robot right. has only been a part of, you know, less than 1% of your life. And that's kind of the same thing here, but yeah, tying it back around the, the because the hero party spent for their lives the two the two humans at least you know a third of their life or more traveling with Fryrin they understand connecting with people better because humans I think one of the big things we're going to learn is that or Fryrin either knows or is going to learn is that humans are essentially better at making interpersonal connections than elves because of this kind of practice they have of their lives are so, you know, quote unquote short compared to elves that they have to make these interpersonal connections in a, a relatively short amount of time, right? A couple of years, um, a couple of years time or months or, you know, decades even. And Fryron just doesn't do that, right? The only person she seems really attached to is uh, Flam, Flame, her, her master, who she spent, it seems like she spent probably like 50 or 80 years with her, maybe. Yeah. So assuming she like her as a wizard ages normally, I'd say like, yeah, 50 years. Right. Well, and I also think that it, it is a, it's another part of the idea that Fryron, I think was younger when that happened. And so spending 50 years with someone is a larger percent of her life. And so it felt more important and she's carried that through. Um, but yeah, anyways, all that to say the writing in Fryron is fucking incredible still. I love reading it. I'm sad it's going on break, but I'm also very happy. Um, yeah and and you know i i'm I'm glad you mentioned again how good the writing is because yeah i i consider this to be like a masterwork in writing i think uh, yeah. it, it's so good uh i i don't i can't recall another story that is so so much about like lifespan discrepancy in this way like mm-hmm. where especially in fantasy races uh like this it's like a story a story of the perception of time. I, I haven't yeah. seen anything like it. Um, have you, Bruce? I have. Have you read anything? No. So the- it's. I'm, I'm glad you kind of pivoted there because this is. I, I agree. This is much more about the perception of time than it is. Oh, a bunch of races live different years. Because there's a little bit of that. Um, a bunch of races live different time frames. There's a little bit of that in Dungeon Meshi, right? Which is another kind of right. high fantasy series similar to this. Um, but it isn't treated in the same way, right? It isn't really like oh, I'm so much, you know, older and it takes me longer to get to know people or I'm younger and I get to know people better. That's more about like, I'm an elf and all of my friends will die and I don't want them to die. But the the elf in that series, uh, her... Marcel's like, how old is she? She's not that old, right? She's like like 200, I think. Okay. I'm trying to, I don't remember if it tells us exactly how old she is, but yeah, but her thing is just like, I love all these people so much I don't want them to die. And so she's kind of, you know, trying to figure out that. But... This is yeah, this is a little different, right? Because Fryron is not Fryron is not looking for a way to extend her the people she loves lives. She under she knows and accepts. She's much more mature about it, right? Marcel's mm-hmm. very much kind of an adolescent about it, which is intentional for the character. But yeah, I don't know. It's a it's it's super interesting. Um, I I think the author has. I mean, it's one of those things where predicting the end seems. Not easy necessarily, but it seems like there's a couple of appropriate ways it could end to land the story. Because really, you're right. 
I need to go and reread chapter one even because I remember how good it is. It's all kind of said in there about how, you know, I knew him for such a short time but was still, you know, in love with him or, you know, loved my friends even though we spent such a short amount of my life together. It was an, an important time. All those kind of ideas and things wrapped up. Um, yeah. It, it, it's it's truly fantastic. I, it's so good. Yeah. I, can't, I can't recommend it enough. And I... I hope to God they do the fucking anime well, bro. <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I think we've talked about this briefly in the past, but I this shouldn't be a hard anime to adapt. I think this one relies a lot maybe on music and directing and uh, voice actors, voice acting, voiceovers. For sure. I yeah, don't, the, I, the animation doesn't have to be good in Fryren, to be honest. Like, it can be pretty simple. Because there's not, like, I mean, like we talked about, the art in it is good, is serviceable, but it certainly isn't the best thing I've ever seen. Um, although I will say, I, I the, want it to be good, though. I do. I, I think, yeah, I think it will be. Because, like we saw, uh, it was on the, was it on the sales page? Uh, did Fryer show up on here? I don't remember now. Uh, uh, I don't think I'm not I don't this think week, but I think the last time that it had a release, it showed up. Um, it, this is very successful. Fryer is so. Yeah, it's ready. I mean, it's going to be hard, though, comparing... Because I know what animes look like as far as coloring goes, and comparing, you know, let's say this scene happens, you know, in season two or three or whatever. You know, this panel will always look better than the... I can't imagine them making an anime looking better than this panel. I I agree. I agree. This is beautifully done, and it's like one frame, of course, right? Like, technically, if you think about it. Uh, So... Also, it, how do you do? How do you do the swap from black and white to color when she travels back in time in the anime? You, don't, you, you, can't, you can't do. How that. do you do that? Yeah. So, anyways, this is all to say, manga is cool, and you can do cool with things the, in it that you can't do in anime. With that said, I think uh, there's potential for the anime to be better if they can elevate all the action scenes. Yep. I think if they elevate the action and if it's animated well, yeah, for sure, it could be the preferred way. I still, yeah. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm hyper excited. I love Fryer, and Fryer is like. If Fryron lands the ending, yeah, it's going to be good. See, that's, that's yeah. all, all, the only thing I'm really concerned about because it has not been bad ever. The thing is, I, I don't think this author is like an unpredictable writer. So I, I think yeah, like I you, you can go with a, a, the ending you've set up this whole time and it'll be phenomenal mm-hmm. because Fryron is more about like the moment to moment writing. You know, it, yeah. it's it is the journey along the way as corny as that is it's like that's all about that so i think the i i I have faith i think this will be this will land the ending and i think it'll be one of the greats yeah and all of the previous arcs endings have all been good they've all been appropriate and i think the i think you're right that often authors try to dodge predictability and it makes the writing worse i think you're right that this this author is predictable in the right ways and that's okay because they execute it so well so yeah absolutely love love fryerin um any last thoughts on fryerin before we move on uh nope that's that's all i got for fryerin i i I keep saying i I, i've always said fryerin this is my last thought in it uh and you say fryerin so now i've been flip-flopping between fryerin and fryerin and i've just been inconsistent as shit (laughs) yeah I, i don't know what's right never tell me please Okay, well, so the Japanese pronunciation is so so uh, no. Dare you. Ooh, I think the the long dash over the I, I think, is a long I. So, furirin, furirin. I don't know. I can't read Japanese. I probably we're should. We're gonna learn. call it that from now on. Furirin. I think it's furirin. 
is how you would say it in Japanese. So I think it's Fryrin, but I don't know. Who knows? Fryrin, Fryrin, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, before that's, we move on to our yeah. our final one last thing, uh, I wanted to ask you since uh, since we're a bit shorter this time, uh, let's just do a quick recap on stuff we read. Oh yeah. Uh, wh- what do you got for me, Bruce? What, what did you end up reading? I'm trying to think of what stuck with me this week. Um, Oshinoko dropped a bomb. That was a good one. Okay, I'm I'm so sorry to do this to you. Yeah. I have not read that today. It's been oh no. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh that's good. I will stay away from spoilers then. Oshinoko drops a fucking bomb this week. Gotcha. So get ready oh, for that. Sure. Um, go read that when when we're done. Um, that one stuck with me. Um. Ranger Reject has been good the past couple of weeks. I don't know if we've talked about that. Ranger Reject is always good. I like that series. Um, right before awesome. we started, I read a one-shot from this week called A Girl That Vomits Fish. It's a little Yuri Love Story one-shot. Very sweet and interesting. Um, that's, that's a little bit disappointing. I, I saw it, and I was, thought, I was hoping it was about a girl who actually vomited fish. But she does. <laughs> oh, she does? Okay, yes. okay, okay. It is actually... Mind. I mean, that's actually the thing. It's very I, much I'm one of these in. weird... It's this thing that manga does a lot that I kind of like where they just say, okay, it's everything's real life, but there's one weird thing. And this one, it's just this girl vomits fish and then they fall in love with another girl. It's only about like 20 pages long, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, can, I don't know if I can fall in love with a person that vomits fish. Well, is I, that a deal breaker for you, Bruce? If, if it's a perfect girl, but she vomited fish, it would depend what kind of fish and if you could cook them because if this person is like generating like fine fish for me to cook that would be sick bro that's gross you're even grosser than the girl that's vomiting fish don't don't this is dude if she's throwing up like nice fish that you can cook that's awesome it's covered in gross stomach acids. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, okay, you, you, you deserve a girl that vomits fish, Bruce. You're too, you're, this, you're too tolerant about this. Is this the new, would you love me worm. if I was a slug or whatever? This is. Would yeah. you love me if I vomited it, fish? This is that. Yeah, this is the new worm situation. Yeah. Um. What else? Chainsaw Man. I'll talk the big points. Chainsaw Cute. Man's still good. Uh zigged and then zagged and but i think it was correct and appropriate i think the next two or three weeks we will probably choose chainsaw man maybe next week or the week after we'll see how long it takes the story to i have a feeling a beat is coming in the story that we'll want to talk about it is okay so probably in two or three weeks then um i have a feeling we're coming up when yeah when his sister comes back uh the control devil i forgot now now you now yeah oh yeah yeah now you yeah you're right yeah, I, I I have a feeling we're heading to some kind of bigger, big, big-ish event happening. Um, when that happens, we'll probably talk about it that week. So coming up in the next month or so, Chainsaw Man. Um, I'm trying to think what else. It's been kind of weird because there was no Shonen Jump this week. So we only got Jump Plus. So it's like Chainsaw Man, Dan to Dan, um, um, Rent to Girlfriend continues, has not been canceled or ended yet. So that keeps going. What about? <laughs> Thank you for the rent a girlfriend update. I, I, I think. Oh, do you should, want uh, do you want the real rent a girlfriend update? Because he posted a picture. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hit me. Hit me. I, it's uh, it's actually I not as bad. Not so it's it. not. Sometimes uh, Miyajimi Reiji, the author of Rent a Girlfriend, will replace will draw over pictures of his wife with the main girl from Rent a Girlfriend. Um, this week was not as bad. This week, I think he just drew a picture of her and posted it. Oh, I don't know. He might have drawn over his wife again. You tell me. Oh my god! 
I think he just took a picture and drove. I think he just drove his picture. I don't think his wife is standing here. Actually, uh, I, maybe. I, 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 can't, I, don't I can know. only see the picture of Freya and still. Uh, ba, ba, ba. Oh, because, okay. If you're watching the video, you can see it. It's because oh, okay. Discord. No, 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 you're good, you're good. Um, I just need to do share screen, screen, no, screen two. There you go. You should see the whole screen now. But yep. Uh, yeah, I think I think he just drew a picture due to lack of shadow. Um, yeah, well, she has shadows on her, but I mean, like, a, I don't see a behind human her. Shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's the run to go for update. Is he? <laughs> Reiji drew the lead female of his romance manga in a live setting, like he does every week. This week, he did not draw over his wife. So bonus points, Reiji, for not drawing over your wife this week. Yeah, but, yeah. I guess kudos, man. That's a <laughs> kudos. You did not draw over a family member and replace it with your fictional perfect girl. She's the real. person you fucking married and promised yeah. to love for life. You didn't. You didn't replace her with an anime girl. Uh, I'll convince you to read it thank, one day. It's not as bad as people say. It's fun. At, oh. at this point, we 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 effectively have an unofficial segment about it every time. I, I if he posts on Twitter, it. if he draws a picture on Twitter and it's fun or funny, absolutely, we should just do a segment on it. But. Uh, what have you been reading the past week or so? Uh, yeah, so uh, Survival of the Sword King Fantasy is a manhwa. Um, okay. it, it sounds kind of generic. It is kind of generic. All manhwas uh, sound generic when you read their descriptions. There's not a single one that sounds individual. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically uh, God took a bunch of people and threw them into a, like a, a fantasy game world type thing, except mm-hmm. they threw the main character into this like hellish landscape with constantly like evolving enemies on accident uh and he he's just there for like five years fighting demon dogs that get stronger and uh he gets like he he gets so fucking ripped he gets like hulk ripped pretty much yeah um and then uh quote unquote god who's just like a an employee somewhere he's like oh fuck i fucked up this this world uh and throws him in like a the fantasy world he's supposed to be in and he's like a low level or whatever but uh he still looks like the hulk and can bench press the earth you know um it it sounds generic and it sounds like a power fantasy but it's not really it's mm. it gets it gets interesting uh the main character is overpowered yes but he's also this hulking monster and other people are just normal human compared to him and he stands out like a sore thumb would uh, you would you describe it as an isekai power fantasy uh Yes, because all of these stories are. <laughs> I'm out. But I, I'd say it's uh it's kinda unique because the, the the main plot is that a bunch of humans get sent to this other world and quote unquote gods uh quest for them in their quest line is to kill all the inhabitants of the world. Mm. And once they once the people from Earth, our normal world, kill a, a person of that world, they get addicted to they get like this endorphin rush of like a, a god powered drug and endorphin rush inside of them and mm. they just want to keep killing you know uh oh interesting so, so yeah it's it's cool it's uh it, it art's okay story is fun it's it's nothing special uh but is but it I, better or worse than it, tower of god worse i can't i you, you i hate tower of gods so i don't think i can read this i i love tower of god you like tower of so, god a lot though so yeah maybe that's I, not I, a good, I, maybe that's I not do, a good I, comparison 
this is like a six out of ten. I thought Dire God's like an eight. Better or worse uh, than solo leveling plot only? Uh, better, way better. Okay, okay, that's good. Because solo leveling plot only is like a three out of ten. Well, the, the, like a, okay, the start of solo leveling, the first like I don't know, hundred chapters. I think a plot are pretty decent, pretty good. After that, it's pretty bad. I, I, I don't even think that was like uh, because like they they just they had like the same characters for like forty chapters and then they just wrote them out. Like, well, okay, writing out I, women is a huge problem in solo leveling. We could, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know if two guys should do a podcast on women and manga, but we certainly could talk about the issues that that exist. And solo leveling is a huge offender of just writing in female characters and then writing about when they don't matter or are the author's bored with them or whatever. Uh, yeah, let's, let's fucking do it. The Horikoshi episode. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, what uh else? the other one I read was Shangri-La frontier. It's uh, you've seen it on the bestselling list. I've seen this, a lot yeah. of weeks. Uh, it is also a game world type thing. I don't know why I read two, the same type of thing, but yeah, uh, this one's, this one's even better. I, I really don't. Um, <laughs> This this one's even better than Sword King. Uh, the main character is this degenerate gamer guy who likes to play shitty games. He plays Shangri-La Frontier, which is just a, a good game, and uh, he is he has a duck head on the whole time. He doesn't take the duck head off. And, yes, I'm uh, looking at pictures of it now, and it looks it looks interesting. He hold on, he, wait does like, the does the main character of this also use double daggers as his main thing the same way that solo leveling does uh kind of yeah but a lot of the time but he doesn't yeah. use it like the solo leveling guy because uh he doesn't have equipment on because he got like a debuff put on him oh uh, okay so he has like effectively a glass can he has he has one health and he has to do perfect parries dark soul style uh, okay yeah the, no no vitality Actually, yeah. 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 He's just doing perfect parries uh throughout the whole series and has no health and no other damage. He just does uh, parries and parry counters. Cool. Uh it's it sounds boring, but it's it's good. Our art's good too. Cool. I forgot that I read one more thing. I'll admit this, I'll admit it publicly on the podcast. Why not? I oh, no. read about half of currently published Rosen Garten saga. Have you oh, have you yeah. heard of this or read this? Yeah, I read the first chapter oh, and I thought, it was, I thought I thought it was it's like so absolute, fun, absolute degenerate trash. It it gets better in that it gets worse. I don't know. It's so I hear um, that. Can I, I don't I don't even honestly I don't even know if I can give a plot synopsis for the series and remain within YouTube's terms of service. <laughs> there I will say it eventually it's a extremely virile man spirit possesses a girl and they go to compete to try to win the man's kingdom back um there's a lot of lewd and sexual stuff in this but the art in it is insane it's so good I wish this artist would do something non-etchy because like seriously the art here is like so sick and the action is legit Amazing. Why, man, I could do a whole podcast on this. Why are the etchy artists actually the best action panelers? They're uh, so they're, good. Some of these etchy I, battle actions are like the best action I have ever seen outside of One Punch Man. And Rosengarten Saga is one of them. The action in it is really sick, really cool, really good. I, I, I have no idea why the horniest people do the best action. but uh, It's something about knowledge of the body, I want to say. They know 
they can move the human body and position them in certain ways. Who knows? Anyways, I, I, let's call our top scientists. Get, get figure this shit out. You know, because it's uh, this, and then what's the, uh, the? There's another one that's like even hornier that also uh, has great action. That's like the the stripper. The slave one has great action. The slave one uh, has good action. Yeah, that one's more just kind of etchy though. The one I was thinking well, of is the like, it's like the the stripper porn actress, but then they wrestle, and there's been like a wrestling arc for the past like year that I just like started reading during the wrestling arc, and I was like, man, the action in this is really sick. And I went back to read the start, and it's like porn what? production in Japan. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, know. I can't remember I what it's called. What you're talking? That sounds. It's oh gosh, I'm gonna hold on. A, a stripper it. starts going into wrestling. Yeah, it's she's always been a wrestler. Um, I have never seen this. That sounds you've uh, heard of it. When I find the that sounds kind of cool, though, I guess. When I find the name of it, you're going to be like, ah, oh, yes, I have heard of that. Yeah, I, probably, but it's not ringing any bells. Whatsoever. I think it actually ended or is planned to end pretty recently. No, it is not You Come, You Lose. It's not God of Pro Wrestling. I, I typed Chris Jericho's for... Wikipedia page showed up when I searched this. Uh... Uh, is it called Akiba's Trip? Not Akiba's Trip. Oh, man. Okay, because I, I, I googled stripper wrestler anime, and that was the first thing. Are you talking about Kill a Kill? Not Kill a Kill. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just making sure you're not talking about fucking Kill a Kill. There's I I'm searching a specific chapter. God, I hope this is, I'm not broadcasting. I'm searching. Okay, no, we're good. Um, no, uh, I cannot. Find we'll 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 get it. Later. I'll figure it out eventually, and we'll talk about it. Anyways, it, essentially, it's like a it it is Baki, but girls is what the last like 100 chapters have been. And honestly, the action in it is like sick. Like it's very good, very well drawn. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so I read Rosen Garten Saga. I actually have not read, I read like 20 chapters and was like, do I need to keep reading this? Do I want to read this week to week? Not really. Um, so that, that's what I've been reading. So anything else? Uh, yeah, I wanted to give my weekly Comey update. Uh, still bad. Okay. That's Comey? the end of that. <laughs> Comey son. Oh, Comey. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I click on Comey. I open it now. I go, Oh, new Comey. And I, I don't even read the panels. I click. And I see, okay, is this chapter five pages? Is it 14? Is it 22, like a normal shonen? Um, I click through it, and then I go, oh, okay. Uh, her and the other girl had a quiz show, and that was the chapter. And it's yeah, at uh, the uh, end. That's it. You, you got the whole gist of it, yep. I did not read a that, single that, word of that chapter. I literally just clicked through it and was like, okay, I got it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, it. You don't, don't actually have to read Comey, which is the, the sad thing. I probably just shouldn't at this point. I probably yeah, it has. Yeah, it's not great. It was... It's unfortunate because when I started reading it, it actually had a really good arc. It was like the end of the Monbagi confession stuff, which is like a, I think a really solid arc in Komi-san. Um, I just don't like love triangles. It's just been garbage after that, though. Like there's been, well, I guess there was like the actual confession, real dating and stuff. But man, there's a lot of chapters too to try to go back and read, but that it's not really worth it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, because it's not that funny. Um, and nope, not really. It got past all of the romance stuff, so now we're we're just here, yep. existing. All right, uh, but so yeah, one yeah, extra sorry. thing. The, no, yeah, we're all good. All I got. One, what's your little extra thing for the week? You go first here. Oh my 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 last thing is that uh, I have uh, this is specifically for people who live in Austin. Had the best chicken sandwich, or maybe man. Texas, or if you're visiting Austin where we live. 
Yeah. If you come to Austin, try. Uh, I know you're going to be tempted to get barbecue, but you can only do that for like a day or two without blowing up your stomach. So uh, get uh, go to Spicy Boys and get a fried chicken sandwich there. It's so <laughs> yes. good. If you're if you're worried about blowing up your chicken, your uh, your stomach by eating too much fat and meat, go get fried chicken is the advice from Gautam this yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a different kind, so it's harmonious. Yeah. Um, I'm a prof I'm a professionist, a professional gastrointestine guy, <laughs> so I think I know what I'm talking about. Uh, how about you, Bruce? Uh, so I have been looking at houses that uh, some friends and I are going to move into in a couple of weeks. That's been interesting. I have never rented a house before. I've lived exclusively in apartments for all of my adult life. Uh, yeah. It kind of sucks. <laughs> you yeah. bought a house a few years ago, right? How was the house buying experience? But you had it built, or was it already pre-built? I don't remember. It, it, it was. Uh, it was just pre-built. I okay. bought it a few years ago. The house buying experience was annoying. Um, my yeah. real estate agent didn't really do that much. And, and then you have to pay I, them I, like four thousand dollars, right? Uh, I, get, they get a cut out of the closing costs, so right. I don't, yeah. you, you don't really have to pay real estate agents anything. But um. Uh, I, I did the work. I found the place. Yeah. Uh, and the process was, uh, a little annoying, but I think the renting process that you're going to, you're going through is way more annoying because people can't really reject buying a house. Well, they can, but you know, they're not going to reject a, an offer on a new house that they're trying to sell. Yeah, right. Yeah. Whereas people can reject tenants. Yeah. Which is kind of what happened to us. Right. So we're moving in like a month or two. Um, and we had looked at some places at the beginning of January, found a place we liked, applied to it. Um, they were just like, weren't getting back to us. We were bothering them like, hey, like, uh, are we accepted? We get the place. The middle manager lady was like, oh, let me, like, I'm still pestering the owners. They haven't said anything. There's another offer, blah, blah, blah. Gets a full week. They say, I don't, I don't think they're going to say yes. And so now it's been a week, right? That was like yeah. seven days ago or maybe like nine days ago now. So oh. I'm like, okay, um, the people I'm moving in with are both moving from California back to Texas. Um, so I'm like, hey, like, find more places. I will go look at them. So on the weekend, I looked at, like, three or four houses. And it takes, like, 30 minutes to an hour to, like, look at a house. I'm, like, streaming on my phone. They're on the phone with me. They're saying, look at this, look at this, check this, ask about that. We're doing this. We look at three or four places. Um, I go out yesterday maybe did I go out on Monday? I might've gone out on Monday to look at a place or two. And then I go out yesterday to look at three places, an apartment place. Um, but we found like a new area that we really liked. So we were expanding our search. Finally found a place, applied for it yesterday, got accepted this morning. So yay, that's the big oh, news. Oh, nice. Congrats, man. Yeah. So I'll send you the, the address of the place. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Yeah, why, why don't you case. just, why don't you post it out just, over yeah, here? One, two, three, four, Austin Drive, Austin, Texas. Um, bro you're gonna get doxxed yeah no, uh, but yeah it's it's gonna be a really list. cool place so uh that that's awesome um i didn't know that you had to make offers on rental houses so it's man it's it's wild it's stupid you have to pay an application fee which covers the cost of like the credit check and a couple of other things so i spent like $200 on applications to get one house, which really only cost $40 to apply for. But I've done, you know, we applied for like three or four. Um, but yeah, you have to apply. And then 
they can reject you for like any reason they want. And one of the places that we applied for that we sent our stuff over for, um, the woman didn't make us pay, but she got around. There's some kind of law that if you reject, you have to give a reason for it. You can't just reject because I don't like them. Right. That's to cover for, mm-hmm. I, I assume for things like any kind discrimination. of uh, discrimination. Yeah. Any kind of discrimination kind of eliminates, try to eliminate that. I'm sure it doesn't, but so this lady was like, Oh, just send me over your applications. And then, um, it's just so funny. She was a, she was a leasing agent, but this was her house. So she was living in it and she was renting it out. But in all the email correspondence between us, she would be like, Oh yes. Like, let me check with the homeowners. Like, thanks for sending your stuff over. I'll let you know when the homeowners decide, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, you are the homeowner. Like, you do not have to talk like this. I understand that you're in leasing agent mode, but like, and she eventually just said no, that she, it's funny though, because I toured that one on Saturday or Sunday and we were like, wow, we like this place a lot. Yeah, absolutely. We'd like to pay. It's a little bit, a little bit extra than we were thinking, but it's totally worth it. Um, when I was there, I think I asked if there were any other applicants and she was like, nope, like you're the only one right now, but you know, we may have other people touring. As soon as we sent in our application the next day, she was like, oh, one other, one other person has applied. And I'm like, no, they haven't. They have not. Do you think she was trying to gouge you? I mean, like I said, she was a leasing agent. So I'm 100% sure that you do not let, uh, you do not let anyone apply uncontested, right? Because that always yeah, gives well, you an out. It always gives you an out to yeah. say the easiest way to let someone down is just say, oh, we're going to go with the other people. Um, and I can go and look at that house. That house is still listed on Zillow and all those places. So I don't actually think she had a second one. I think she just didn't want to rent to us because it's a little bit of a weird situation. Not for like, I, I, I don't think it's that weird for a married couple and their friend, me, to live together to save money. That seems bog standard in today's world. Um, but I think for the areas that we were looking at the sort of nicer richer house owning areas i think people are more like oh i was expecting to rent to a family because everyone around here is a family so our unit is a little different and i think that's i think that's why we got a bunch of no's but i don't know who knows we got a yes probably it's i think it's because families aren't really a risk um whereas i'm uh, the opposite end (laughs) of that well i I think so too kids piss and shit everywhere too right uh but i i I think it's just like they don't want to deal with young people we're not that young adam we're oh, I know. in our I know. early 30s <laughs> yeah i know but like people who are 60 and 70 think we're well young. i mean i the weird thing is most of these people we were dealing with were like maybe 40s like maybe in the 50s um a couple of the owners even were probably late mid early late 30s also but hmm. yeah okay. I, I don't no, know i have no idea that it's weird yeah i mean i think it's it's weird because in my mind if if I have a family with a child, it's like the child's going to create damage. The family is, you know, blah, blah, blah. If I go, oh, like three working professional people in their 30s who clearly like are, you know, have good rental history. You know, one of us has a doctorate. It's not me, but literally one of us has a doctorate. We make good money. We make plenty of money to cover everything. I would much rather rent to like three reasonable 30-year-olds than a family with children any day. And I have like it- a a dog that is pretty good generally. So yeah, I don't know who knows. It, it, we got a house, it's, so it's all it's over passive, now. It's a passive income racket, bro. First, she didn't admit sure. to it being her house. And she's just pocketing the 40 bucks from every applicant and, and not renting to anyone. Yeah. Well, we didn't pay. See the, what she did to get around it is we didn't pay to apply to that place before she rejected us. So she didn't have to give us a reason why she rejected. Cause we didn't actually apply. We just sent our applications to her. So, Oh, got it. 
Well, either way, weird stuff. Glad you found a place, though. Yep, yep. We'll have to... The background here will change in a month. Yeah, right about a month, the background behind me will change. So we'll have to see what that looks like. Cool. Well, cool anything? Cool. Anything else? Uh, Nope, that's about it. Let's call it... Oh, I have Spicy Boy's Chicken pulled up because I was looking at their menu. Um, Cool. Well, everyone, thanks for listening or watching... If you are listening to us on a podcast thing, we are also live on the White, Gray, Black YouTube channel on YouTube every week. Uh, the VODs are up in the next day or two. And the podcasts are available where you can find most all podcasts. That is, we're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. I assume most people use those. Um, if you would like to support the channel, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash WGBmanga. We're going to have a bonus episode going up at the end of the month. Uh, where you'll be able to hear me and Gautam talk about our history with anime and manga. So that should be pretty cool. Um, yeah, check me out on Twitter at WGBmanga. Always, always check out the YouTube channel, White, Gray, Black Manga. You search it, you'll find me. Um, and as always, thank you so much for being with us. See you later. Don't forget to read more manga. Sayonara. <laughs>